Hello and welcome to another episode of the Crazy Waffle Podcast. This is an episode from back in 2019 uh, with Sam Ailey and Matt Roth from the Crazy Waffle Podcasting tour that we did. Uh, fantastic episode again. Uh, they, they really see the development in conversation as we go through the podcasting tour episodes. And I really think this is a really, really strong uh, podcast. We talk a lot about advice for young creatives, getting into the industry, um, job interview advice, career advice, uh, how to structure your portfolio, that sort of stuff. Um, but also uh, we talk a little bit about the white dudes uh, in the in power in the in the creative scene and um, how it's become sort of sort uh, of such a dominated area as a subject I'm trying to understand I'm trying to tackle um, and yeah it was really interesting chatting with Sam about this and I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode hope you learned something from it if you do like it uh, feel free to give us a subscribe uh, or leave a like leave a review uh, down below in the comments section or if you're on iTunes or audio platforms any of that stuff does help as well uh, reviews help massively on iTunes or Apple Podcasts as it's now called but um, yeah I hope you enjoyed this episode uh, it's a really really cool one thanks very much and I'll see you at the end Mom. <laughs> oh, professional. Is, awesome. is this the most cameras you've ever used? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, normally it's just those. You're quite overwhelmed by yeah. the kit in front of it. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. yeah. You've got a GoPro down there, you've got a big Sony camera, mm. two mm. phones, three microphones, four microphones technically. Mm. Wow. Coming up in the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Playing with the big dogs now. <laughs> so I was waiting to you, that's what it is. <laughs> Thank you, I'm glad. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, can we start off with who you are and where you're from and what you're about? Uh, I am Sam Haley. Uh, I, what I'm about is uh, being uh, an illustrator and designer, a bit of both. I would say kind of uh, a bit of a mix of the two and like have the um, each of those skill sets kind of like feeds into the other a little bit. Um, but I work full time as a graphic designer, uh, and then I do uh, bits and bobs of freelance stuff on the side, and like personal work and making prints and stuff. Um, nice. Yeah, just a general creative, uh, bit of everything sort of person. Nice, really. that's a good mix then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was going to ask you about London. Why? Why did you decide to move to London? Um, I think I don't know if I wouldn't even I don't even even call it a decision really. It's, it kind of, I came out of uni and I, I studied um, graphic design at uh, Nottingham Trent, and I, I, I guess in the year after um, graduating, uh, sort of started seeing a lot of like my peers and my course mates um, gravitate towards London because it's obviously is like a big hub for creative roles and it's the majority of, of that kind of work. Um, is is here um so I, I think i kind of i kind of knew that um it, it was worth kind of a shot trying to trying to get here and then sort of see where things went from there so my first job was actually in kingston um just which is down a bit further past uh wimbledon that kind of area like southwest yeah. um technically i think it's technically greater london I, th- I think a lot of people would argue that it's not london at all okay <laughs> sorry um it's nice. It's not bad though. It's quite a nice place. Quite a nice place in the world. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. It's re- really sort of like leafy, very chilled. Um, 
uh, but yeah, I, I had a job down there uh, doing uh, print graphics for menswear for like High Street. Um, mm -hmm. Coaster is a, 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 a fashion supplier. It's not like an actual um, clothing brand, but like they would supply a lot of like High Street places. Um, so to begin with, that was kind of my, uh, my, my in, I suppose. I was there for about a year and a half. Uh, and since then I've just kind of been hopping between jobs uh, for some reason I haven't been able to hold down a job for like more than a year and a half you get the 18 month itch and then I'm like bye see ya um, why do you think yeah. that is because that's, that's like that's the, the thing I realised as well mm. it's very sort of common in our field I find that mm. we, and I don't, again I don't know if it's the type of companies you work for or mm. if it's just your, you personally but yeah. is it something that you've noticed a lot with the people that you've worked alongside that mm. they're the same mm. Uh, yeah, it's. I think for each each time I've left somewhere, I say like I say like I've like left like a hundred jobs. It's been like three or four <laughs> that I've like over the last six years. Um, it, it'll always be a combination of, of different uh, things. Uh, sometimes it'll be I'm just generally not interested in this work anymore, but mm -hmm. I needed to take this job to to sort of feel like I was progressing. Um, or, or for example, in the, in that first job when I was doing. Um, print graphics with tees like when you're a student you're like oh my god job we get to design t-shirts all day that sounds amazing and then you get there and it's like a like design sweatshop kind of vibe yeah, uh, and, you, and you're designing all these things that you would never wear yourself and you're just kind of like well, what's the point why am I making this stuff I'd never put it in my portfolio let alone on my actual body <laughs> do you know what I mean um, and that I think a lot of times if, it, if you get into a situation where you're not you're not uh, kind of the, the work isn't lighting your world on fire and, and the culture isn't there as well then I think you inevitably are going to reach a, a block uh, where you're just like you need to change whatever that is and um, if, you, if you have like one of those things I think you can stay for like longer or it all becomes like you're sort of like I'm doing this thing and it's not perfect but it's allowing me to do this other thing that, I, that, is, yeah. that is actually interesting to me um, but if there's like Two or so, two or so, uh, like big problems with what you're going to do every day, or to spend the majority of your time. Then, uh, I think for me anyway, I'm naturally just I get a bit of like fight or flight mm. uh, syndrome, and I'm just like I don't know, I'm not sure what it's going to be next, but I have to start applying for anything that looks vaguely interesting and just make the change and then move on yeah. and then see where that takes me. Because um, the job hunting thing is like so so crap and so soul destroying yeah. uh, and I feel like if I don't go into it as open minded as possible then I, it's, I'm making it more difficult for myself yeah definitely mm -hmm. yeah I found that as well with I've been looking for more of a permanent position as well and you do feel very overwhelmed by the amount of qualities and skills that they want you to have but yeah. sometimes it's just taking a little bit of a chance and just sending your work over because it might be appealing to those people but mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. just not kind of sticking with I just want to draw pictures all yeah. day you've got to kind of look at the bigger picture with it as well so yeah what's um what started you in with drawing Sam mm. what was the thing that got you sort of mm. wanting to do this not as a career but just in general um, probably, uh, probably like, uh, comics, mm -hmm. um, not, not so much like, um, I'm not really into things like, uh, like Marvel and whatever, but more like, um, I used to be obsessed with Calvin and Hobbes, I used to have like, well I still have, I've got loads on the bookshelf there actually, but, um, I start, I, my first sort of memories of, of sort of drawing and being like, I'm drawing because this is a thing that I like to do rather than just like, when you're a kid you just draw, yeah. uh, actually being like oh yeah this is something that I really enjoy and I want to spend a lot of my time doing mm. uh, would have been in, in, in sort of like 
seven or eight up, up until my early early teens even um, just drawing little like four panel comic strips making my own characters uh, whole little series and like uh, plot arcs and recurring gags and characters and stuff and that was all like kind of uh, drawing on Calvin and Hobbes and like Peanuts and um, and I lived in uh, France for a while as well uh, when I was a teenager and uh, their comic industry is like they're, they're really like into uh, comic books in a way that's a bit more ingrained I think in the culture than here like obviously you've got stuff like you know, Beano and Dandy and things like that um, but I think they're kind of those are perceived more as like four kids whereas like I think the Certainly in Europe, it's a, it's a bit closer to like the American market, where where it's a bit more like this is a this is a thing, like this is a thing that adults do yeah. as well. Um, what, what's yeah. Calvin, 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 Hobbes, Calvin, Calvin, Calvin and Hobbes? What's yeah. that? Uh, it's just uh, I'm bring, yeah, can't go bring yeah, up yeah. a little bit. <laughs> so some so it's a magazine, obviously. No, so it's oh. uh, it's a comic oh. strip by Bill Watson, okay, the American dude. Um, for the camera, there you go, one of the cameras. <laughs> you can get this on Amazon. <laughs> Other retailers are available. Um, Unless we put an affiliate link down. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get that sponsorship from uh, from who? I don't know from. Uh, Warner Books um, but yeah so this yeah, kind of like four, cool. four panel stuff so like really classic like newspaper kind of syndicated comic style nice. um, and he would the, the, the main story is uh, Calvin's a little boy and he's got a, a toy uh, tiger called Hobbs uh, and he like for, for Calvin obviously the tiger's alive and he sort of Helps him navigate the uh, the adult world and like concept, philosoph- uh, complex philosophical conundrums and nice. uh, yeah. and slice of life kind of stuff. Growing up, that's pretty cool. That. Um, mm. But yeah, it's it's like it's very sort of along the same sort of lines as Snoopy and Peanuts and stuff. So it's that kind of thing, um, and that's definitely it's definitely like one of my um, biggest influences. And as well as doing this kind of comic book style, I also like like when he spent like more time doing like, like the Sunday ones would always be in colour yeah. uh, and actually when you think of like this kind of comic strip you think it's sort of like quick to draw or like you know sort of simplistic and then you actually get sometimes you'll get these like big A4 uh, full page comics and they'll just be like it's incredible art and like when I was young you didn't really like clock it as much and then you keep on going back to it and you're like this dude is like actually like a sick artist like yeah. as well not just like he wouldn't I don't think he would call himself just a comic artist um, he's obviously like he's, the way he uses colour and stuff is just really really nice well, there's that realisation as well that oh my god that's actually a job someone's yeah. actually doing that for a living yeah, it kind yeah, of blows yeah. your mind a little bit when you're younger as well because you, again it's the attitude we have I guess to arts yeah. is oh it's a hobby but actually when you see things like that it can have a massive influence not just on your style but mm. on the fact that you're pursuing that as a career Yeah. Did you, is there a moment when you realised that you could make money from it um, or was this, did someone tell you that? <laughs> right? Still, for that still waiting for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think I, I was maybe a bit. Um, That's why we do graphic design, isn't it? Yeah, so sort of, like you make money from graphic design. Rather yeah, than, there's, right. there's definitely a, a sense that design is where there's more job opportunities. You can be a bit more flexible with it. It seems in in my head when I was growing up, when I was a teenager, I kind of felt like drawing's cool and I love doing it. Um, but I didn't, I didn't really, I don't think I really knew that Illustrator was like a job you could do. Um, certainly didn't have any really real understanding of like the sort of uh, commissions and jobs that illustrators normally would get. Um, 
that I sort of learned actually much kind of much later on, um, almost sort of like towards the end of my time at uni, because I I purposefully chose to study design because I was like, uh, this is this feels like it's going to lead to something mm-hmm. fairly straightforward. I'll go to uni, I'll get my skills, I'll get my degree, and then I'll be able to like apply to whatever a studio or, or an agency or do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that ended up being uh, a sort of three years of slowly did, like becoming less interested in design and then coming out of it with a really, really mixed portfolio of stuff. And then from that point, it's been like, okay, like I'm, now I've got a serious thing about what it is that makes me happy and like what I like doing and then seeing if I can angle the I need to make money side of things back into that and I think um, in terms of like one moment where I kind of clocked that it would that it, it, you could make money from it would probably it probably would have been just um, that process of like when you're finishing your A-levels and going through all the sort of like the UCAS stuff and mm. really just kind of thinking about it as practically as possible. Yeah. Career-wise, like, yeah. yeah. So that's when you start thinking about yeah, what you're going to do after education because mm. when you've got responsibilities. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the, the, I was listening to a podcast and it was, they're talking about, actually it's He Shoots, He Draws, my good friend Dave Clayton, he's been on the show many times, mm. Mm. Um, his podcast with Ch- Chase Jarvis and they were talking about kids wanting to be creative and everything and that's great. But then they're instantly, these days are instantly looking for to make money from it, yeah. and they're wondering how can I be creative to be famous, not to be mm. creative. It, that doesn't. That's never the end point anymore. It doesn't seem like that's the end point. Yeah. And I'm all. I mean, yeah, we're always thinking about money, but I guess did you two get into it from a point where you want to draw for a living, <clears throat> not to make money? You want to draw. That's the reason why you get into it. Yeah, I think that was always my intention. I think you have to ask yourself that question. <laughs> Because it's very, very different. I think if you are doing it from a money perspective, then obviously you've got a clear goal with that. If you're doing it for the love of it, then be prepared that you're not going to make a lot of money, is the brutal, honest answer. Yeah. Really, I mean, we had this conversation with um, Nifty Fox Creative, didn't we, on our yeah. podcast, and we were talking about um, how this sort of happens because some illustrators do extremely well, and there's not really a set path for that. It's just, I said personally, I think it depends on who you are as a person just the opportunities that come about for you that can lead to that. And then other people do find themselves struggling a lot harder to get where they want to get to. But yeah. I think for me, it was always to do it for the love of it. If I, if you, if I didn't love it, I wouldn't do it personally mm. because it's such a tough gig to, to, to do. But even if, even if a lot of youngsters get into it now, cause they still do love design, still like it, mm. but there's always like this pressure to, to want to be famous, like want to be, I don't know, like we talk about Aaron yeah. Draplin or Chris Christo, uh, all, all these famous people that are at the top, like, like even like people like Gary Vaynerchuk and you know, again Chase Jarvis. These people that aren't just doing what they're doing. Yeah, but they're they're more personalities. I and mean, we've I've had this yeah. conversation with a few people before. Like some people don't like to be front of the camera talking about who they are. I don't mind that because I don't really care <laughs> I kind of look at it as it's part of the package you, yeah. you get my work you get me as well sort of thing but then there are other artists that don't like that they like to be anonymous and behind the work and that works for them but I don't think there's a right or wrong way about it it's just what you're comfortable with yeah um, I agree I just, I just think there's like a certain pressure that comes with what we're doing at the moment and especially young designers I I, I felt it and I've resonated mm. with this and this is the reason why I bring it up because I, I thought I'm thinking about it quite a lot is where do I actually want to go with sort of illustration and football stuff and what I want to do. Yeah. Do I want to do all that or is the end goal to actually be this 
podcaster person that's influencing people because yeah. to be honest I'd, I'd rather do the illustration stuff but I like doing the podcast as well so I'm a bit like mm. I don't know I don't know what I'm doing but there's almost like this pressure to, to try and do it to be famous or to be, able to be an influencer in the in the field mm. um, I don't know why I brought it up I just thought it was an interesting <laughs> no, topic no, no. Uh, I, um, I don't know what Sam thinks I, th- I just I think for me personally it's sort of and I've always said this you need to have a career that's sustainable mm-hmm. And you've got to learn to adapt with things as they change. If you, I think that's why I always say don't have a set goal all the time because next year yeah. you'll think of something else. Just keep going with it and go with the flow of it. Um, you might want to do illustration now, but 12 months' time you might be like, oh, flipping out <laughs> illustration. I want to do... Motion design. Also. Motion yeah, design, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So it's just a case of... You, we all get influenced, don't we, with mm-hmm. people we meet as well. And obviously these talks have influenced you a lot with what yeah, yeah. chats we've had. So I think you just don't put so much pressure on yourself. Just let happen as it happens and just have fun learning and try to remember that I think yeah. you get caught in a loop of aiming for the money which I did for yeah. a really long time more so when I lived alone um, but actually then by doing other projects outside of my freelance work I actually realised actually it's quite fun to be an artist it's quite fun to create stuff and meet people mm. and I think you sometimes just have to sort of take a step back and look at that and reassess where you're at mm. I think a lot of that can be your own pressure yeah I think, I think <clears> you're right um I don't really know why I'm talking about this. No, no, it's, it's a good thing to but, but I, I, Yeah, it's like, I mean, I'm also interested in your both your thoughts and I think the, the podcast is like constant development of me yeah. and that's what mm-hmm. I like about it now, trying to see how I can take the conversation from the last podcast, bring it into the next one mm-hmm. and so, mm-hmm. see how it all develops and see how people's thoughts on the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like Sam, you know, obviously has his design job but he's also yeah. done, I've, since I've known Sam, he's always had like a project on the go, a personal yeah, project, yeah. like illustrated tapes and other stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's your fun little thing to do. Yeah, I've, I've, I've never. I wouldn't say I've ever like felt um, confident enough in my own work, or like even like sure if it was the right thing for me to jump into, say, like a full time freelance <clears throat> career, or like try and go for that. I'm, I'm a bit more cautious. I think mm-hmm. um, obviously, like people have different kind of ideas of what success means to them I think and like what what their goals are in, in a creative world can be just you can be on one end of it completely and also you can be like you, you can finding as your sort of definition of success I think is what um is 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 what I've been trying to sort of teach myself I think especially with the last maybe like uh like two or three years and yeah. trying to think m- more about my lifestyle and uh, the things that make me happy overall, uh, and having side projects. I mean, yeah, me and me and Matt uh, met through uh, a collective that I was in uh, called Shell Suit Zombie for, um, and I was in that for uh, about three or four years, I think maybe. And it yeah. was, uh, I think that was around the time I graduated from uni, so that was what two thousand and twelve ish. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, yeah, and we used to. Uh, it was basically just um, uh, creative. Like it was sort of shape shifting, like creative collective, and we would do magazines and events and talks and workshops, and it'd all just be done by uh, us as a group of maybe I don't know fifteen to twenty or so uh, graduates without either you know without jobs or without much you know funding really. It was all kind of off our own backs, just sort of using our time and our own talents. I mean, it'd be it wouldn't just be illustrators; it'd be like designers, illustrators, photographers, copywriters, um, uh, video people, uh, people that used to, like, we had a couple of guys that built 
stuff like the actual big like three D objects that we use for for events. So it was we ended up doing like a lot of stuff um, without very much resource. Um, and as time went on, that you, you sort of you as you get a bit further into your career, you have less time for things that take up as much time as that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had loads of time on my hands because I was unemployed for like a whole year after uni. So mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was gagging for ways to fill up my time and like find creative <laughs> stuff to do. I think, actually, um, sorry to cut you off, but that's a really good point. So young illustrators listen to this. Mm-hmm. As you come out of university, um, I know we, we talk about university sometimes not being the best option, mm-hmm. but I think if, as someone coming out of university, I think it's important to, because a lot of illustrators do come out of university, mm-hmm. so it's important to talk about that side as well. Um, so, what did you do to, to fill that time and try and get mm. employed and, and what, yeah. what did you do after university? Uh, so first thing was I moved back home, which was uh, <laughs> not that great, but <laughs> love my, sorry mum, sorry dad, you're great, uh, thanks for all the cups of tea, uh, obviously I'm not slagging that experience off, but it does make you feel a little bit like... Tea making skills are perfect. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on point, on point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I moved back home, uh, literally sleeping on my parents' uh, sofa for, for the best part of the year. Um, and uh, I, I had a couple of part-time jobs just doing uh, really random stuff, actually. I had like a, a part-time job doing, uh, like running rickshaws around Oxford. I don't know if you've seen them, Matt, but like oh, the rickshaw yes. tour guys. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what they're called, but I used to do. I used to. I'm gutted I missed them. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find a picture at some You'll point. Have to, yeah, yeah. Uh, we they used to do like you know they would deliver like the student papers all like the Oxford Uni campuses, and then they would do, do weddings and stuff and random other events. So I did a bit of that to get a bit of money coming in, uh, but um, ultimately uh, I, I was basically on dole for for a fair portion of that, um, and I would be trying to get work by the, I guess the sort of things that people would advise you to do when you're looking for work so like getting printing out stuff doing little mail outs mm-hmm. um, emailing trying to find out who's like the creative director of this magazine or like who's and obviously just really straightforward stuff like cruising through all of the creative job sites that are going yeah. a few times a week uh, and trying to write off as many applications as I could um, it, it, yeah it takes a little it takes a while sometimes for, for any of that to uh, to, yeah. <laughs> to become something tangible but because the paper stuff and sending things out is something that I've tried and yeah. I'm going to try very shortly again with the, <laughs> the, the mugs that I'm sending out to the football club uh-huh. but um, uh, does that work for you? Uh, what's the best way you, have you found to get jobs when you're a young designer a young illustrator? Um, it, I think it's a hard one though. it's really tricky yeah it's, I think it's almost like it's a co- like I'm not very good at this anyway because because my focus isn't so much on getting freelance gigs because mm-hmm. um, I've always worked full time mm. as my main sort of source of income and then um, can dig a little bit deeper and like pick and choose a bit more about things I want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's a very cool. That's a very cool option to have as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, Damien Kidd mentioned to me on, on one of the podcasts that we recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to be open to working at a place or be open to having that. And that's that's a perfectly great. Um, lifestyle and an mm-hmm. opportunity because it does. I probably probably takes a lot of pressure off you as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that's probably one of the things that that maybe gravitate more towards being uh, being a bit more comfortable with that as a as a decision rather than just a situation yeah. that I find myself in, which it kind of is. Um, and it's not to say that I didn't try to get like freelance jobs, um, but the 
the process for me just just didn't really fit with uh, I, I, know, I guess with how I am as a person like yeah. some people really have that drive uh, and are willing to you know, pick up the phone and make the, co- the cold calls and uh, print out wherever it is like cards I mean you know you, you get people that do things like you know bake a cake and send it to like a to a design yeah. studio we've all heard stories like that and it's like I just I just knew at some point that is not going to be me and like not knocking anyone that does that but it's just not my it's it's not how I, I operate and if I was to do that stuff and someone got in contact with me on the basis of me behaving that way and then me and me in person chat to me and I'd be like I'm actually very low-key like I'm I'm not like uh like Matt was saying some people are like happy to be in front of the camera yeah. like mm-hmm. being like very like putting their personality on the on the line and like that is part of their work whereas I'm a bit more uh a bit more sort of behind the scenesy. Mm-hmm. um and it, it just didn't f- it felt like it was a lot of energy uh, that wasn't really my energy putting those sorts of trying to get those sorts of things in front of people mm-hmm. uh and yeah like it, it I mean, sometimes like I, I sent uh i sent out uh, at one point uh, a bunch of uh post like nice printed sort of postcards and little uh, little envelope with some like sort of personal branding on and some little stickers and i you know i sent those out to like a bunch of places that I, was, I, I had you know i had a bookmarks folder in my on my chrome of all the places i'm like here's some places i either would like to work for or like work mm-hmm. at um and uh i got uh i think like i, I got um a few emails back saying like uh thanks for your thing you know, we we're not really looking at the moment but we'll put you on you know we'll put you on the list for the next time we're yeah, like, yeah, you know, famous we'll, list. yeah we'll, put, we'll put you on the books uh so um okay that a few delete, times, yeah. mm-hmm. but then randomly yeah. like i got i got uh, an email from um someone that i'd sent like that those two like two years like before and they were like we're hiring again i, I actually went in to this company to do um a, kind of a, a day interview slash sort of trial day or whatever mm-hmm. uh and then um didn't get it at the time and then like yeah two years off the back of the postcards and then like uh two years later obviously someone else had gotten the job uh, of the hiring manager and and they'd still have my stuff knocking around and they got an email saying like do you want to like love your work do you want to come in uh, I wasn't looking for anything at the time, but it just goes to show, like, occasionally, like, if people, you know, if people see your stuff and yeah. it's, like, like, physical and printed and it's just, like, knocking around, yeah. then sometimes that is, it's a good thing to do. I, I think having that as, as one of the things that you're doing to attract work is probably, like, a good, uh, a good strategy rather than sort of, like, what's the, you know, what's the key, what's the, <coughs> what's the, the one way that, uh, that successful freelancers mm. nail gigs basically um it's i know a, a lot of people say social media now is like probably like one of the most important most game work but yeah, again yeah. Like, i don't really use it for that so i can't speak on it mm. no i think it's, it's having a mixture of everything i think i've learned more so the last 18 months because i've gone to more conventions gone to more events that you are remembered so you're more likely to get a call back or an email back if you actually make the effort to go and meet that person or mm-hmm. talk to them. Or, you know, like I say, if there is a convention up coming up for a company that you really like the work of, go to it, go to a talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that with the Birmingham Design Festival and never met Gavin Strange before, but I've loved his work for years and just went up and just took the, you know, the evening up to go and chat to him. And he was like, oh, brilliant, you know, I'll have to meet up. It, it just, it can spark something. It can spark an opportunity where you could 
it would actually end up working with the person that you've been talking to or something else will come up and you'll meet somebody else there so I think it's having a mixture of both of those things being in the real world as well as using online yeah. at all well, I've, I've definitely learned with social media it's definitely been a factor with me um, following the right people and mm-hmm. and making sure they know of your name and then like you say if anything does come up mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think that's a good that's a good basis for young people listening what new new illustrators, new people listening, trying to get jobs. Anyone listening, trying to get jobs. Uh, online, prints, and in person, like mm-hmm. those key things, yeah. three key things. So if you if you nail nail all of those, maybe you'll get a job. <laughs> maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't sue us if you don't. Know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think, but I think the thing is with all this stuff, it's it's just learning from your own mistakes and learning from. You know, trying it. If if a young illustrator or designer wants to send loads of postcards out, then if that works, great. If it doesn't, then they say, okay, I've done that. Now I'll move on to the next thing. And it's just trial and error, isn't it, with most yeah. of these things? So it obviously, depends on your work as well. Yeah. How good your work mm-hmm. is, and yeah. who the people you're sending it to, and yeah. what sort of mood they're in that yeah. day. There's so many factors. It's definitely like I've been on both sides of that fence. Where I've I've been a hiring manager, and I've obviously applied for jobs as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's so true. Like it's like. It's not one of those things you like to think about when you're applying for jobs because it's a bit, it's a bit depressing. But like sometimes, you know, sometimes the person is having a crap day, uh, and you know your application is a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, like that's not what I do if, when I'm in that situation. Like I, I take the time to because I know like I'm I'm very aware of how how difficult that is as a process for people, mm-hmm. um, and you know. Sometimes, I mean, you, you, in a, in a way, there is there are benefits to it from the perspective of um, someone applying for jobs because you can get a bit of a feel for what that company's like just based on your interactions with them. Yeah. Um, we've all you know we've all had that experience of like places that don't even bother to like acknowledge the fact that you've sent an application in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've done things previously where you know I'd make a whole bespoke. PDF with like cool little illustrations and stuff that's relevant to the company. Yeah, um, really spend a, put a lot of effort into it, uh, and sometimes you're just like, at least let me know that it reached the inbox. Like, did I know it? it did, but at least let me, uh, you know, give me the courtesy of even just an auto reply would be mm-hmm. nice sometimes. Yeah, um, so I, if I ever am in that situation, I do take the time to say thanks for your application. Unfortunately, it's not a yes this time, um, but. Uh, you know, you just acknowledging you as a human being. So, yeah. <laughs> um, what what advice have you got for you, for twenty year olds trying to get into the industry? Um, hmm. I think. I think like as Matt touched on before, like trying to keep yourself in a bit of a community is is probably maybe it doesn't seem like it's the most direct way of like getting in getting a job or getting into work. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the things that I sort of thought about quite a lot after I graduated was the fact that I, I was no longer in this network of people, this, this bubble, uh, through the collective, um, had that back in my life after a few months and that actually really gave me, uh, something that I was always working on a bit of a push, even if it's right. not, even if it's not, um, work that's paying uh, your bills or your rent um, if you're in a situation where you've got enough time to be pursuing or working on side projects with people and like staying in a bit of a network then oh, that's my rabbit he's going to be on the recording now <laughs> Lars it's okay he does that 
uh, hates men, sorry, <laughs> except for me. Um, if, you, if you're in a situation where you've, where you've got the time to uh, work on a side project or be in a group uh, that's making stuff that you're genuinely interested in, almost almost every single time I've been yeah, every single time I've been in an interview situation that's always the work that people want to talk about that's always the work that I'm yeah. always the most switched on about when I'm talking to them um, and sometimes you don't even get you know sometimes we, we'll brush over the stuff that I've been doing mm. in, in, yeah. in, my, in a previous role uh, and they'll be like we want to talk about we want to talk about this stuff uh, and yeah. I know when, I, when I've been on that side of the table and I'm looking mm. at people's work uh their personal stuff or their collective stuff or their group things or little passion projects yeah. those are always things like ah oh, this person's interesting they have a personality outside of trying to get a job because we, you know, we're, all, we're all trying to get jobs of course we are you know it, it, that that's never going to be the thing that makes you stand out mm. um, to anyone the fact that you're just there I mean it's great if you get to the stage where you're in front of somebody having the interview anyway mm. there's obviously your work and, and your CV as as click something yeah um but then when, when you when you've met that person and you've seen what they're about and how they talk about the stuff they're into i think that's that mm. is you know itself as, as as effective as you know um as d- having a, a really elaborate mail out that you send that's like really creative and then mm. like might get put onto a onto a blog or something because it's like oh these you know these design students made these crazy ways of getting the creative director's attention mm. like they turned up and they their CV was tattooed onto their forehead and they turned up at the offices. Um, yes, yeah, so I side projects, job. side projects for sure. Yeah, 100%. That's a good, that's good, good answer. Yeah, side, side projects. So obviously that's, everyone gets to the interview point mm-hmm. and that's their, that's their work. Everyone has the same. So yeah, they interview five people. The reason they got there is because of their work. Mm-hmm. Now they're looking for the extra bits. Yeah. When they're at the interview, well, they, they the... want to know about you. And yeah. I think that this is something like I had a interview phone call, which we were in the car with a few yeah, weeks yeah. ago. And the first thing they said to me was, oh, I saw what you did with the Oxford Doodle Club. That's really cool. Mm, yeah. That's the f- only thing that they st- touched upon in terms of, they wanted to know who I'd worked for and obviously understand the roles, but what they were really interested in was exactly what Sam said, what you do outside of it. What other things can you bring to the company that we don't have? Mm. Um, and you, if you've got leadership skills, community skills, good people person, those are things that every company is looking for. So I think definitely... Don't just look at the design aspect of it. Think mm-hmm. about things you can get involved in outside of that as well. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, my, my portfolio was abysmal when I got out uni. It was so bad. Honestly, <laughs> during the club, oh, man, it was bad. horrendous. And like, I I I don't think I don't think I, I don't have a single uni project in my portfolio. No, I don't. Uh, admittedly, that is you know that's coming up to like ten years ago now. Mm-hmm. So you do want to keep it fresh. But even you know even. Well, it, it was it was for the purpose of what, and this is what I said about the uni thing. It was not to knock uni. I don't know what it's like now being a student, but I think back when we were students, most of the modules were to fit the module, yeah. to get the grade, to get it done. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't really a reflection of who you were. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes you you get the odd project where you could select what you wanted to do, but nine times out of ten, it was really let's get that grade, yeah. let's get you that that, that sort of degree mm-hmm. certificate. So it wasn't really, yeah. You know, I went for a portfolio. Uh, reading at DNAD when I graduated and I got completely annihilated she, she just <laughs> went through all of my portfolio she's like yeah it's not great that's not great really. and I was like yeah I know I absolutely hate that <laughs> totally agree with you that's why I'm here that's why I'm here <laughs> make, you tell me help. how to make it good <laughs> give me your skills it's like yeah, no, it was, but that's the thing it's like you said but then you know you go off and you do your own thing and you've got that time to learn what you want to learn and yeah. so it's like you say just 
I definitely agree with Sam. Do stuff outside community, and yeah. you know, like what you did with Shell Suit Zombie. That was a great little collective of people, and yeah. always bringing out new and really interesting things. And uh, DNAD, the year I went, all it was was that people were photographing their faces with a photocopy and stuff yeah. up on the wall. That was literally all oh, it was, yeah. and just talking yeah, and just yeah. yeah. It was just again, it was just like another little fun thing to mm. do, but just yeah, it's something random. It's definitely like tricky. I guess when you're graduating here, like the, one of the things you see a lot on. Um, on job listings and a lot of the advice you get it always be revolving around something to do with like you need to stand out from the crowd you need mm-hmm. to make an impression on one of those and it's all like stock phrases yeah so uh, what does that mean that's, yeah, that's what, what you are mean? yeah like what does that actually what mean what are you looking for yeah and it, it can it's the most frustrating thing because you're like yeah I know but, you know the, the stats are like pretty black and white like in London Especially, mm. you know, you, you, you're, you're going up against, you know, hundreds of people for every single job, even if it's not that interesting of a job. Mm-hmm. Um, so when people say, stand out uh, and do something like, you know, make us wow us or make us, you know, mm. blow our blow our hair back or whatever. It's like, I hate, I hate all of those things. But for me, that means um, it's not, oh my God, this person's work is incredible. They're the creative genius. We have to hire them this second. We need to get them before anyone else does. Mm. It, for me, it's like this, I, I like to see uh, someone as an all-round creative individual rather than just the sum of their portfolio work. And mm-hmm. um, uh, when yeah, when you get into an interview situation, um, I, I, I feel like being able to talk about that work that you're passionate about is such an advantage and mm. it makes you come across like so confidently um I've, I've definitely had the opposite experience uh and for a lot of them for a lot of the time you might not be making work that you're even that happy with anyway especially when you're coming out of uni you're, you're only really just um well, in my opinion anyway you're only really just starting that journey mm. um and like all joking aside yeah my, my work was like pretty awful but then it, is, it has genuinely taken me uh, nearly ten years of of uh, trying things and, f- and doing different jobs and mm-hmm. changing my style and being frustrated that I don't have a style and then thinking that I do and then changing that and being like, oh, should I should I make a whole new a whole other website for my design stuff or should I combine the two and or like and just allowing space to have creative projects on the go and ideas and thoughts independent of. Um, the must get a job must progress your career uh, narrative which is always going to be in your head but like having things going on uh, in addition to that that, that aren't uh, that aren't going to be measured by that was a success because I got that job or that was a success because I got mm-hmm. paid for this thing um, that's going to that to me is going to help someone develop and build their confidence and build their style mm-hmm. and uh, because there's, there's less pressure, you're just kind of having fun, and that's that's definitely something that I've tried to remind myself to do more recently is to make sure that I'm having fun with what I do, mm. um, that it's not stressing me out too much. Uh, because that work is the stuff people can see when you've had fun on a, on a, on a, on a yeah. gig uh, straight away, uh, and it's so hard to talk about stuff that you're not into, yeah, <laughs> it's so hard to bullshit <laughs> when you're sat there in front of three people and you've got to talk about the most boring logo job you've done or like, you know, a, a, a flyer for some event that you wouldn't even go to. You're like, I just yeah. need to get paid. I just, yeah. 
or someone someone called in a favour and I felt too awkward to say no yeah. to them. But actually, I don't like what they do. <laughs> well, this is a good this is a good talking point then. So what you've both been you've both done a lot of interviews mm. uh, at places. Mm. So what what would your interview advice be if if you were saying to a young illustrator, young creative, you got this job opportunity? How how would you prep them for the interview? Mm. Ooh, tricky. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it depends. Do your research on the company mm-hmm. you're going to speak to. Show that yeah. you have an interest in... And if you haven't got an interest in them, then don't go to the interview because I think <laughs> that will come across very quickly. Yeah. Uh, I've had a few incidences where that's happened and it's yeah. really bloody awkward. Um, I think research. just, yeah, definitely research. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, like, like if you can, um, obviously it's not, it's not going to be spot on for every single interview you go to but really like try and tailor the work that you're showing to the role because yeah. no one's ever going to be exactly perfect for every for like for a role they're going for mm-hmm. um but actually an interesting thing is okay this guy can do this stuff but he also does this other stuff which could expand on that role or it could yeah. be useful to that company in a different way mm-hmm. um so definitely doing the research and making sure that the stuff you're taking it isn't isn't just going to be like they're going to be looking at like whatever it isn't really it's not really relevant mm-hmm. to me um and whether or not that's looking at their portfolio if it's like a, if it's a design agency or something or if it's an in-house role then um looking at their product and looking at your work and saying like how how can this thing make this thing awesome and then you go and you, sh- and you try to any way to show them that mm-hmm. And I think also touching upon what Sam said earlier, even just like slight customization of the colors that you use for your portfolio, maybe look at their branding, look at how you can inject your own style into that. So every sort of person that I've submitted a portfolio to, or I've gone like my last interview, I did like my whole portfolio. We just branded covers and stuff and mm-hmm. did it in there, like kind of my, my font and my style, but took their colors and just used it. It just shows you've given a bit of thought and effort into putting yourself across in that way as well. So just little touches like that, they, people will remember that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just, I've always found, just be honest about like your work, what your intentions are, what you hope to gain from the role that you're going into and what you would like to do. Don't be afraid to be you. I think that's something well, that's we a... all bullshit most <laughs> of the time. So it's sometimes nice to be, if you feel comfortable enough, be honest and say what you really want from the role. And, and that's, what, that's probably one of the most important things in the interview because you've got to work with them. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they need if to you, know now. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to get the yeah. job, but you, have to, you, you can't act like this bigger guy or bigger person yeah. for the whole amount of time you're there. Well, the first day is going to be a hell of a lot of pressure if you go and say, <laughs> I, I'm a wizard at everything. Yeah, I've done that before. Yeah. And it's sort of like, then you yeah. go, oh, show us then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I just think, be honest, if there's something that you're not 100% on, say, okay, I'm not great at that, but I have got the ability to learn. I want to grow. I want to get more in depth with that. Um, and I'm, I'm open to challenges, so yeah. just be open, I would say, as well. Yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't be, shouldn't be applying for jobs where it's like, where you don't see any progression mm-hmm. there. Um, if, you're, if you're looking at a job and, it, and everything is exactly uh, what you can already do, um, then the you're, probably gonna, you're probably going to get a bit bored in the first year. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, obviously, you know, you'd be silly to say, Okay, I'm gonna now. I'm gonna go apply for a job where they do a bunch of 3D rendering, but I've never used any software like that before. Mm-hmm. That would be me walking into a very silly yeah. situation, <laughs> setting myself up to be embarrassed, probably. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I 
there's always there's always uh, there's always there, there should always be uh, space for you to grow in a role and learn new things mm-hmm. and they that company should want you to do that as well yeah, because um, being in a, in a place where you where you're not learning and you're not progressing um, it's not it's not going to be good for your head anyway like mm-hmm. even even if yeah. that company on the face of it is like your sort of dream company yeah um, it's as much as anything it's it, you know it's a continuation of your career and I mean I've hopped around quite a few and, and my um, my one of the main reasons for um, trying to cut it off and move on to the next thing a big part of that would always be I just feel like I'm not getting anything from this anymore just enough, yeah. um, I'm just going around in circles and uh, whether or not I'm sort of actively aware of that it's definitely it definitely feeds into like you you're just your everyday life and your yeah. your your mental health and your the way you are day to day I've definitely seen a change in myself uh, going from a job where everything was fine but bit bit sort of like not <laughs> not really like yeah, the world it wasn't pushing fire. you in probably the directions you wanted to go in you weren't probably connected to what you were making either and yeah like, yeah exactly well. yeah it's really it's really tough if you're if you're never putting any of the stuff that you're making uh out into the world for people to see and you're just like i just i'm doing this because i have a design job and that in itself mm. is, is is a success it's like yeah it, to a degree it is but um for you you want you know longevity uh and yeah. you know in an ideal world, companies should want to hang on to their designers for a little bit longer than you know a year or two years. Mm-hmm. Maybe a bit different if you're if you're a junior and you're sort of getting that experience and moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's perfectly fine, I, I'd say. But um, it, it, amongst people that I know, I do I do see a lot of hopping uh, at the moment, which probably wasn't the case maybe five ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and people just people want more creative fulfillment in these in these roles and I think that I think that's pretty fair enough to mm. be honest I, I, I don't think people have a uh, obligation to stick at a place um, just because they've got the right skill set for it yeah. if it's not making them if it's not making them happy mm. definitely. So, so finding a job that you, you think you can go into and you know you're not comfortable in uh, straight away which is yeah it's important yeah mm-hmm. uh, also one big thing when you're going for an interview uh, is how you dress <laughs> do you do you dress smart suits or do you go for the job? Um, so a few I do try to be smart casual. I have dressed up maybe once a bit too much. Not like a full on suit, but like smart shirt and <laughs> yeah. trousers. And it was and smart shoes. And I was like, this is really not the way I should have dressed for this interview. <laughs> um, but no, next few ones. It's really just you've got to be comfortable. Be again yeah. the way you dress shows who you are. To be fair, like the last couple of interviews I've had come forward, they've actually said look, don't come in all suited and booted, just be smart and casual, we're not that type of suit. And so sometimes an employee can give you that kind of scope on that as well. There's mm-hmm. some that don't, so it's best just ask the question as well, I guess, before you rock up wearing like the full, the full nine. So it yeah, um, depends on the company, I think. Yeah. Most yeah. people rock up in a t-shirt and baseball cap, don't <laughs> walk, walk in with a suit on, I would yeah. say. It's, it's, again, that's, it's a research thing, like I was mm. saying, like if, you, if you're if you're going to interview somewhere, you probably should have looked at like their Instagram or yeah. if they've got anything like that, you, you'll get an idea of what their, what their style is. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you need to be able to work somewhere where you feel comfortable. And I mean, I've, I've never had a job where I had to wear a suit. Um, mm-hmm. And I think if I walked into a, uh, if I walked into an interview and I was faced by, you know, the board as it were, 
uh, you know, Lord Sugar's over there and wherever. Yeah. And uh, I, I probably would, I'd probably be like quite on defensive already just because that's an environment that I, I wouldn't want to be mm. and put myself in anyway. Yeah. Um, luckily, you know, you did, we live in a time where you can just like, you know, wear a t-shirt and jeans to work. But yeah. you know, nine times out of 10, I'm, I'm probably getting a shirt out. Um, I'm probably trying to find the shoes that aren't dirty. Yeah. Like trainers that aren't totally wrecked, that's yeah. probably a good one. Making sure my, you know, maybe just like make sure your hair's like okay, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, don't yeah. look as if you just rolled out of bed. Have a wash. So, yeah, Try not to smell if you can, <laughs> and that's ideal. Um, no, but these, these, I think this is actually important tips. Like, <laughs> the first impressions, and that's something I've always been told by my parents and grandparents. Yeah. Like have a good handshake as well. Oh yeah. Like mm. go in there and, and have confidence in yourself. Mm. You're there for a reason. You know that there's a reason why you're going for the interview to have mm. confidence in your handshake and a meeting and your work. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I've had that in the past where I've gone into places and not been confident in the work that I'm doing or second guessing myself. Yeah. Mm. And then it shows it's not. Yeah. It's not strong enough. Yeah, yeah. Even in uh, even in an industry like ours where you can where things are a bit more informal for the most part there's still obviously room for politeness and generally being a professional politeness is yeah obviously (laughs) like uh, I I would always you know if there's if there's three four five people it doesn't matter how many people there are but you know even if it feels a bit awkward to do it like it's always worth like going around shit like hi to everyone acknowledge everyone in the room like don't miss people out Mm Obviously, don't go in for a hug. But, yeah, that can be quite awkward. But, uh, yeah. um, but you know, the basics of uh, of being of being polite and being professional still still apply, even if you're not dressed up in a suit, um, and even if the company is like is uh, comes across as pretty casual or, or, or laid back, you still you still want to come across as someone that's like, oh, you know, he's you know, there's a polite young man. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's you know, he's uh, he, even though his, his trainers were filthy, you know, he had a strong handshake, <laughs> his hair was combed, and uh, he didn't smell. So, yeah. Or woman, yeah, yeah. or woman. Or woman. You get a yeah. Polite young woman. Yeah. I think it's, it's it's very easy for for me to be on this on this podcast and just interview guys. And I think I've done a bad job of not interviewing enough women as well. Um, but we're working on that. Yeah, I get there. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I'm inspired by people I can relate to, and it tends to be men, obviously, because mm-hmm. for very obvious reasons. But mm. well, I think it's also that again coming back to community. I think a lot of us like actively are trying to you know, speak to people of different genders, different orientation, whatever, because you can actually learn an awful lot from them as well. Of obviously their experiences, what they've had to deal with, things we probably don't even think about as well. Mm-hmm. And I always find that interesting. And I think that's why, I, particularly with like the Doodle Club, I had two women work with me on the doodle club because yeah. I was like rare and I think also sometimes it's more approachable mm-hmm. do you know what I mean in a yeah. weird way because um, if it was a whole bunch of blokes I think it would, <laughs> yeah. many people would have turned up so um, yeah that's obviously I thought you made a squeaky noise yeah impressed my tummy it's, <laughs> I don't know if the mic, I'm not sure if the microphone picked that up no. that <laughs> that's hilarious so talking of side projects uh, things like illustrated tapes yeah. all this sort of stuff where did that come about why did you yeah. start that up um, I, um, I, I sort of had the idea for it um, quite a long time before I actually got it going. Yeah. Um, it's one of those ones where you buy the domain name and then you sit on it for like three years and you're <laughs> like, I'm paying for that still, I probably should do something with it. So just um, for people that are not aware of it, what is Illustrated Tips? Yeah. Oh, what is, uh, dogs doing a poo? No, dogs doing a wee. Oh, is it? <laughs> Good boy! <laughs> Good boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least it was outside and not on the podcast. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> not on our lap. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I started it, um, I think it's been going for about a couple of years now, which it doesn't feel like it has at all, but it just kind of ticks over and it's always, mm. it's always there. Um, and I, uh, I guess I started it just because I've, I've always had a, a bit of a, um, specific interest in the relationship between um, music and design and music and art yeah. um, and having a, uh, a a community project that that allowed me to connect with more people uh, talk to people about this particular interest that, that I know I share with a lot of people as well yeah. um, just it kind of seemed like a no-brainer but it didn't it didn't it, the initial idea was um, was I would contact um, uh, DJs and uh, get people to actually make full-on mixes, like in the sort of like the the heyday of like Mixcloud and stuff, and mm-hmm. and and it was it was actually a lot more to begin with. It was actually a lot more hands-on because I used to do a bit of mixing myself, um, and I sort of immediately that became a bit um, a bit too much admin, and it, it, it kind of felt a bit uh, a bit too heavy and a bit less fun and and actually when I took some time away from it and came back to the idea um, I'd grown my own network a little bit I'd met a few, a few new people uh, and built up things on social a little bit more so um, and it kind of just made sense um, that you know I'd look at my feed every day and be like oh there's all these amazing people doing this amazing work uh, and I'd love to collaborate with, with them on, on something that involves music involves design and illustration um, gets me chatting to people uh, and hopefully people have fun with yeah. um, and uh, Matt's been on uh, on recently he's, yeah. he's put together a sort of 80s themed synthy kind of tape which is right on my street definitely um, and it's really interesting that people do there are not really rules people seem to pick these themes and that always for me is the most interesting part about it seeing like mm-hmm. where people go there some people take a really personal route some people do stuff that's a bit more kind of like stuff work music to work to mm. uh some people do some borderline like disruptive kind of <laughs> stuff and you're like this is not something that i can concentrate to but i appreciate it for its musicality yeah, i think, I think uh, murray somerville's was probably one of those for me i was just like whoa there's yeah. a lot of energy coming from that stuff yeah. um but i actually that's another thing i think with that it's it's very interesting to know what people are actually listening to when yeah, they work yeah, or what yeah, they're yeah. drawn to and then you can look at their work in a different way yeah um yeah, no, I, I had real fun doing it. It's just yeah. a nice little side project to do for, yeah. for a bit of fun. But It's, um, it's really surprising seeing um, what people come back with. Like, you totally, Sometimes you're just totally surprised by what people are listening to. Mm. Uh, I found, honestly, through completely selfish reasons, I find so much good music through yeah. people's contributions. I'm just like, they're stealing stuff off their playlist, making my own secret playlist in yeah, the background. Yeah. I'll have that for something of my own <laughs> later on. Um, and it, it, it's another one of those things where... You, you don't it doesn't have to be about let's um let's do a project where we're we're focusing on like what like career tips and stuff which is all good mm. but um just being able to have fun with people um your contemporaries and connecting to people on something simple and like low low commitment i suppose it's like it's pretty straightforward stuff you know put put together a few tracks that you like or that have a, a common theme um, have a bit of fun making the artwork for it, um, and we'll we'll share it. We'll share your work. We'll, we'll you know we'll yeah. we'll we'll pump it out there to a very small following, <laughs> objectively speaking. But um, but and it's it's also a way of um, 
connecting with people outside of the bubble a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like you, obviously speaking about, um, uh, haven't had a huge amount of women on the podcast yet. Um, I think for me actively, like with the with illustrated tapes, I'm I'm definitely in the back of my mind um, trying to avoid just having all white dudes mm-hmm. making making the mixtapes. I, I make a conscious effort to. Uh, contact my, my female friends who are in design, making sure I'm uh, contacting people of colour uh, and it, it is it's very easy to fall into a bit of a trap with um, with design stuff, um, particularly uh, in uh, in our industry, there, there's a bit of an image in people's heads of and you know, you see it on a lot of uh, on a lot of I guess creative media mm-hmm. sometimes you'll look at um, you know you look at a, a talk um, lineup and it'll just be you know five white dudes yeah uh, oops <laughs> learnings <laughs> <Crazy> waffle. <laughs> you can get the tickets for the Crazy Waffle live event in the <laughs> down in the description yeah but uh, this is the thing we're having this conversation now absolutely this is what yeah. this is this is, um, this is part of it for sure mm. and I've I've been to uh, I've been to things where I've I've been to uh, we used to make magazines at Chelsea at Zombie and I've been I've been to a couple of uh, events that were geared around uh, indie magazines and indie publishing and you're like oh you know all these like cool little magazines uh, there must be like so many there must be quite a lot of diversity there all these like different interests mm. uh, and we got there and like I was like the, pretty much the only brown person in the room and we were wow, like in the middle of East yeah. London. Uh, there was one magazine made by a group of girls, um, and it just was like the, the, even on on a small level, your little side projects and your little group projects are like they're an opportunity as well to like make it mm. more inclusive for for everybody, and it, and that eventually filters up. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely uh, something that I think about when whenever I'm doing a side project for mm. sure. Um, it's it's far too easy, and you know inevitably when you put you know you do a call for submissions for any project like you you, you can't control who is going to submit like sometimes mm-hmm. you do just get um a bunch of the same people yeah um and you i think in that situation you just have to start being more proactive about it and, and saying um if i'm gonna um if i'm gonna make uh, a side project about a certain thing like i need to it'd be it'd be great to find the people that don't always appear to be on the, on the front of these issues mm-hmm. um, the people that always uh, seem to be getting the the, the talk slots uh, yeah, and, yeah. and for, for the design industry that's really obvious who those people are yeah um, to be honest I, I, the thing is I don't think I've done it on purpose <laughs> no <laughs> I, I don't like... think you have at all I think I think though and I totally agree with what Sam said with some of the bigger uh, again, I don't really want to name names, but some of the bigger sort of functions, it is very much, it's a clique, it's yeah. a group, it's mm-hmm. the same people every flipping year. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of a bit like, come on guys, you know, expand this a little bit. You've got yeah. such a massively wide audience here yeah. of amazing creative people who are doing things that we've not even heard about mm-hmm. um, that could bring a fresh perspective to stuff and yet you go for the same people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because they're doing really good sad. work though. It's because they're doing such good work and I get it. I get why they're doing it. But that. I think, it's, I think a the... little bit of it as well is it is, well, I've always said art is subjective. It's down to taste. What you think is good is not necessarily yeah. what other people think. So sometimes mm-hmm. it's good to challenge your own tastes as well and say actually, okay, I don't kind of get her work but it'd be interesting to sort of see 
or hear a bit more about what she's doing and mm. include her in the talks or include her in yeah. the shows and stuff. I think it's just how you, it's, it's really difficult to change your way of thinking, but I think sometimes it's just, it's good to do that. But I don't think you've ever done so that. So the thing is, the thing is, so the creative, the waffle, I've got an event coming up in London. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it is like four, four white guys. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, I just, I think, I, should I feel guilty though? Because I've just picked the people I look up to. I mean, you're you're like you're the very like start of this project. Mm. Like the, like, I think I certainly have um, taken learnings from projects I've done previously, or I look back at something and I'm I'm like that was that was good, but how can I open this up more? Mm. Um, I think uh, there's definitely people. I think we do definitely have um, in the creative industries a responsibility to uh, to if we are in a position of, of privilege uh, to try and pull the ladder down, not up a little bit in some situations. Um, obviously, there's it, it's it's difficult because it's it's uh, it's something that you don't just see every day. Because, but that is part of the problem. Um, I think the 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 way in in which. Uh, will get to an industry that is more diverse and more inclusive uh, is just by if you're having uh, an event or having um, you know doing your going around doing podcast tour just having that, that time to reflect on uh, on the work you've produced mm. uh, with these people and uh, and grow like build on that rather than like rather than as Matt was saying like just having uh, an event where it feels like you're recycling the same people over and over again. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely a, a difficult one, but with um, even with smaller projects, I think it's worthwhile uh, to to try and dig out um, people that aren't as aren't as vocal. And it tends to be um, uh, people in a, in a from a minority background. Um, Generally speaking, are are are, um, are less represented anyway, um, and it, it kind of feed, it feeds itself a little bit. This this issue, um, you're often not given a platform, or you're 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 not reached out to for X Y Z, and even if even if it's a small project or something um, like a little personal thing, I think starting it at that level um, is still it's still helping. It's still like moving forwards yeah. and it, it might take a while for uh for it to move into some of the bigger events or bigger organizations um but we need to be like if if we're able to do it um and it's not you know no skin off our nose then we may as well be doing it on our on our level for sure yeah yeah i just yeah i just had a bit of a worry about the event i mean this podcast probably come out after the event now uh but just just I no, but I think I think the thing is as well, and let's let's look at the original idea of the podcast, what the the event that you were going to do. There was both myself and Geo Law, who were the main two mm. people. Mm. The tickets didn't sell. Now that could be well, a number did. of reasons yeah. why, but again, I don't know. I just don't want Rach to get hypothermia. Yeah, All right. <laughs> say we should probably yeah. we probably bring her in. <laughs> Rach, Rach. <laughs> the uh, two seconds. That's all right, mate. We just. I'm just worried away. about. I'm just gonna think she's gonna be an ice block out there. Um, yeah. So when we first, when we first did the event, so there was us two, and the tickets sort of didn't. Uh, 
didn't sell. So it's mm-hmm. sort of like, again, but you've had a, a better success with the people you've got. Again, that could be the status of the people you've got on stage. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, you've definitely got Sorry. a mate. Just... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to help. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it is interesting because, again, you can't control mm-hmm. people that are coming and who they're interested in listening to and speaking about. And There are things out of your mm-hmm. control, but I guess mm-hmm. it's a way of just gently maybe sometimes mm-hmm. just introducing what maybe... Oh, you know somebody that's not a white dude in an office and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but that's interesting for then for you because it's a completely different background for you that you don't even know about either mm-hmm. as well so um, and I think it would be quite interesting to sort of see the differences in how they've approached their career and opportunities they probably haven't got mm-hmm. compared to us so yeah. but don't be worried about what your, your event at all I don't think that yeah. that's an issue no no absolutely not it's, it's your first one man like, <laughs> I'd like I, I just feel like I'd like to get to the point where I don't really have to think about that I just want to see their work and think that's yeah. cool work yeah. and then uh, yeah but it's just interesting how like even social media the people I'm following it is just one type of person well it's not because different work styles but mm-hmm. I, if you look at them and say oh yeah they're white but, but their work and their personality is so much deeper than mm-hmm. their skin colour yeah. and that's my thing and that, it's just interesting how the people that I'm following just and the connections I make doesn't really lead to other avenues mm. Mm. so it just stays down one sort of route mm. um, which is interesting I don't know why that is really yeah um, maybe it's sort of a tribal thing and it goes back to like something that's deeply human where you just you just you like people that look like you <laughs> mm. I don't know it's it's definitely like like we were saying it is it, it kind of is a bit of a it feeds into itself um, mm. the the I mean, if I if I got my uh, my uh, Instagram up now and like went through people I follow, like I'm mm. sure there'd be like quite, a, especially like in illustration. There's so there's a it's lot of like dominated. yeah, it's a very it's a very heavily um, dominated industry mm. um, by by a certain type of person. Um, obviously, we're at a point where that is the situation, mm. um, and people's people's work. I mean. It, Objectively speaking, there there's going to be amazing work made made by um, people from all backgrounds. Mm. Um, it's just that, that naturally, because of how things are and the way that we've the way that it, the industry has been for so long, um, those voices uh, just aren't like at the top of the pile, um, and just because that's the way yeah. things are at the moment it doesn't definitely makes me feel like at least I have a responsibility if I'm working on stuff to yeah. to to make sure that I'm not just perpetuating that, that I'm even if it's you know in a small way yeah. um, making sure that when I'm having this conversation with people um, that I'm putting it in the forefront of people's minds yeah. um, and through you know through side projects like through illustrated tapes as well like that is um, that's an area where I, I have some control over like over who I'm promoting mm. um, doesn't mean that um, I'm gonna um, actively say you know I need this percentage of uh, people need to be people of color this percent needs to be women it's just I'm always thinking uh, well of the diversity of your audience yeah. as well isn't it yeah yeah and I don't want yeah. you know, I don't want the same people to be engaging with the project as well I want mm. them to branch out into new areas uh, new communities that um, that might not necessarily be able to like feel like they're connecting with it anyway and that mm. that goes for um 
you know that can that, that sort of that philosophy of like being able to see people like you on a platform yeah. that bleeds into everything in the industry and that bleeds into like um people the sort of people that apply to go to uni and go on design courses yeah. um like if you don't see any people uh, on your course yeah. uh lecturing that are people of color or women uh it's like how, how, what, how does that make you feel as a young person as a young designer trying yeah. to get in um or if you go to one of you know the major talks uh and it's the same people and because it's the same people the same people are buying tickets because uh because they want to yeah, see that it's people. gonna take a lot of change mm-hmm. yeah I'm it's, just, I'm just, I think I'm just at a point where everyone's talking about, everyone's trying to divide everyone up and mm. I'm getting quite deep now, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> talking about world political situations. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Be, everyone on Twitter and it's just the government and just people are just trying to divide everyone up, like saying this mm. type of person, this type of, like that, and I just want to be about people's work. Mm. I'm just, mm. just yeah. a bit fed up with it. I think, I honestly think it can, it can be both things. I don't, mm. I don't think it has to be um, just the the uh the it doesn't have to be a, a, as prescriptive as as sort of the media likes to make it out to be like you know this whole like it's uh you know overly we're getting into like an overly pc society and you have to have you have to have one of everyone and wherever and you have to have yeah. this person represented on this so it's like we're all like it, what you're saying is right like we all want to get to a point where uh, it's just normal. Everything's normal, and we're all on a level. Um, the hard part is addressing the the situation that we're in now. And if if we find ourselves in a in a position where uh, we have a bit of privilege in whatever area we find ourselves in, my feeling is anyway that um, it's important to use that to try and change things a little bit, mm. uh, even if it's in a small way, rather than just perpetuate the status quo. Yeah. Um, and then we will like we will get there at some point. It's just it is a very difficult and very uphill struggle when it's so ingrained, mm. um, and it's totally overwhelming sometimes. Like you look at it, and you're like, oh my god, like how how are we even going to begin to change um, this industry? Mm. Uh, and you know, it, there's not a lot of like there there aren't many like outspoken voices, um, but the more that we do it on in, in the community level. Yeah. And the more that those projects that we're working on be- become the things that are shouted about on blogs and whatever, then I think that's that's something that we can be doing that's going to impact that like pretty mm-hmm. pretty directly. Because um, we can't wait for you know, we can't wait for the DNADs and the and the whatevers of the world to suddenly yeah. turn around and say we're going to change the way we've been doing things for however long. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just a culture shift. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Very mm. good point. No, I was just trying to think about it. I just mm. It's uh, a big topic and it's something that you can kind <laughs> of endlessly... I'm not going to solve it on the podcast. <laughs> no, absolutely. You can endlessly go round and round and round about it. But yeah. I think it's like you say, just small, tiny little changes and sometimes... Yeah. But again, like Sam was saying, you just started with this. And mm-hmm. and I think also look at it from the perspective that how exciting it is for you. You can go mm-hmm. off in so many different directions mm-hmm. uh, with this and look at so many different topics as well as not just the people that you look up to, but also the people that are doing really challenging work, stuff that you probably don't agree with. Or mm-hmm. It's just looking at the whole picture and mm-hmm. not limiting mm-hmm. yourself as well. So my, my main frustration, how long are we going to? We're probably going to <laughs> six yeah. hours. That's right. Tim's like shaking in the court. <laughs> Tim's like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have. Oh my god. So it's 
an hour 11 apparently. that's not bad that's not too bad well. so so the thing is to find people that do come from different backgrounds and stuff mm-hmm. um, where do I find like mm-hmm. do I go I can't just go on Instagram and I have to go to a blog that says 20 amazing design women no 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 I you think do you, you like, I've offered you names you can speak to Sam Sam probably know yeah. a, a shit ton of people Tim probably would as well as well yeah, but um, I, gotta, I mean, my, my thing is that I've got to say, can you recommend some women? That's the thing. No, you could just say, can you recommend any creatives, any creatives that you look up to or people that you like the work of, and then you can select out of that list who you want to speak to. You don't necessarily. Yeah. Most people probably won't come back with loads of men. They'll probably. Like, I've given you a mixture of try to keep it quite even um, yeah, yeah, with people that sure. I've um, sort of suggested because yeah. there are a lot of female illustrators out there that I love the work of. I just think their work is really, really good and gay and you know by non-binary and all that there's there's loads of fresh stuff again following different blogs and mm. stuff like that you you get introduced to people again if i'd have been online i probably would never have looked that work up but just get mm. completely drawn by it so yeah. it's just a bit of research but it's not yeah. you know you not to do straight away it's definitely like starting somewhere like like there's there's plenty of um good starting points um for mm finding those networks and then once you, once you've kind of gotten on a bit of a roll then you, you know you're looking in you can look into people's following lists and stuff and who they're engaging with and suddenly like you're out of your mm. bubble and into somebody else's um and all it would take is um you know um finding uh, a prominent um well not even a prominent it just just um like matt was saying like through um the people that you already know like the if if uh if you don't already have a bit of a network with with people of, uh, with uh, minorities represented in it, um, there's going to be someone that Matt knows or that Tim knows or that I know, or um, and just getting talking to those people will open up doors to mm. to a whole range of uh, of, of groups. Um, and different audiences, which is yeah. what you were putting on, you were saying earlier with mm-hmm. your uh, Illustrated mm-hmm. Tapes project mm-hmm. as well. So. But it's a like I say, it's a massive subject, and it's something that again, you can look at any project that you do or make. You just look at it again and again and think, right? How can I improve that? How can I make mm-hmm. it better? Or what direction can I take it in next? So yeah. don't be so hard on yourself. Like you said, <laughs> most of the people that you've spoken to are the people that you've obviously had that connection with, and it's a good starting point. And then from there, build it on that. Because once people see that that one event has been really successful, you can then say, right, for the next one, we're going to do this subject or so we're going to look at this sort of type of artist and go from there and you're so cute <laughs> so cute you might have to explain that for the audio people yeah uh, I didn't pat Mark or Sam it's uh, Sam has just got a new puppy called Hovis and <laughs> it's absolutely gorgeous <laughs> <laughs> I just, just going right in my backpack he's a good boy so, so let's let's leave that one there and, and let's yeah. go on to some deeper questions at the end which I ask other people mm-hmm. um, so first of all uh, well, I took this from Drew King. Uh, I'll keep using it now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, what what drives you? What makes you? What makes you tick? Um, I. It, it's a hard make, question. It is hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely have um, a. There's there's something about making things and. Mm, I, I'm not. I'm not especially motivated by um, 
by uh, seeing a big career path ahead of me um, with a with an end goal of like a dream job or a dream company. I think maybe I used to have that um, that in my mind, um, and over the past few years, uh, sort of learning to um, focus on the areas of my creative practice that make me happy and um, mm-hmm. bring me joy uh, is the that that's definitely the thing that I'm sort of striving towards um, and try and keep that in the forefront of my mind so um, so having fun with it uh, and almost almost getting back to that kind of like childlike state uh, of making things just because you have a a creative itch you need to scratch uh, and not overthinking projects or, or drawings or whatever it is too much. Yeah. Um, n- knowing that I'm going to have fun doing something is, is 100% the, the main motivator for doing it. Um, and sometimes it's uh, like I, I do a lot more, I do a lot more sketchbooking now than I used to do. I used to not be regular at keeping a sketchbook and I find that um, just doodling uh, does actually help me to, to, to flesh out ideas. I'm like, oh yeah, that is actually like kind of fun. Maybe that could be a print, maybe it could be a sticker. Mm. Um, maybe I could animate that or I learn to animate that. Um, and then sort of making making things, particularly like print stuff, I think uh, making things that people want to have in their home mm-hmm. or wear on their body or whatever, that's like, that to me is like a massive, like big win. If, if I've made something that people are like, oh yeah, I love that print. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to put that in my living room or whatever. Yeah. Um, then that's gonna that's gonna make me feel good for sure. Yeah. It's gonna release some endorphins, definitely. Um, more so than more so than like getting to change my uh, my like job role on LinkedIn or whatever. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Makes sense. That's good. Uh, have you got any life advice? Uh, Doesn't have to be design related. It's very broad. <laughs> yeah, I mean anything anyone's yeah. told you. So my one was uh, earlier on when we said. Yeah. Uh, go in with a good handshake. Yeah. You got any other life advice? Just one bit. Uh, I think just don't be a dick to people, basically. Yeah, top, <laughs> top advice. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's saying that other people have echoed, but yeah. um, but uh, it's so it's so easy to to <laughs> to be that guy, <laughs> um, and I think it, it, with with our network with with creative people it is you know there is there is like an emotional investment in in what you do it's there is a part you whenever you make something or do something uh there's you know there's a part of you in it and uh with with the way the social media is and stuff at the moment you know it's such a easy thing to uh to like to be kind of like mean for no reason or to be like dismissive it's like it's always worth um always worth thinking about if like what's the least dickish way i can be in in this situation today when i engage even if people are like kind of like i mean like people are people are like crap sometimes as well but like i've i've always been like raised to just try just take take people like at, at, at face value even if it's someone that I don't agree with at all like you know I'm, I'm more than happy to listen to people mm-hmm. uh, and not being a dick is is that is part of it is like being ready to listen to people uh, and 
if it's to do with work as well like you know it can be uh it can be amazing just to like if you like someone's work you don't have to like scroll past it you could like you can share it you can put it on your story or whatever it's little things like that just injecting little little bits of not being a dick into the universe every, yeah. every now and again That's it. um doesn't have to be like a do-gooder thing but it's like yeah. it, i definitely like if someone um puts a post of mine on there little like oh he's cool things i saw this week that to me is like ah oh, man like i actually like i connected with someone today or mm-hmm. you know or I, I made something that someone saw and they were like ah oh, cool yeah um and that's that i think is, is definitely like a good way of countering the 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 slightly depressing uh likes and follows yeah. and stuff like you know real real connections and real like uh person to person like i just I just want to make you feel good for a yeah. sec, you know. That's it. Nice. Uh, how do you want to be remembered? Um, as not a dick. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Good answer. Uh, no, I, I don't like. Like I said, like I, I, I used, I used to have um, a bit more of a um, kind of idea about um, you know I need to I need to uh, be remembered for you know my work that I've done and um, and. Uh, you know, I need to have like a, a creative legacy or something, and that, yeah. that's that's becoming less important to me as I get a bit older. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, not because, um, not because it's like the 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 idea of it isn't cool. Like it is, it would be amazing and to say like, oh, you know, in four years, fifty years time, you like, I got a oh, retrospective with the tape of my work. It's never going to happen, but mm-hmm. it's cool to think about sometimes. Yeah, um, but those little bits, those little. Uh, little injections of, of coolness and, and th- those are the things I'm looking for and more uh, and if it's if being remembered is as simple as uh, you know having uh, having a print or uh, you know a badge or a sticker that someone is proud enough to put on the front of their notebook or have up in their house and mm-hmm. pass it on to somebody else uh, when they grow up or whatever then then that's yeah. that's cool that's uh, that that to me is is enough for sure. Nice. You're not helping. You've got hiccups. You're not helping at all. <laughs> He's hungry. He's a hungry boy. Well, yeah. I mean, the last question then um, is, is what is your best purchase under £100? Uh, ooh, I'm going to be really, really boring and say my, my laptop's done from Ikea. It's great, isn't bright it? Yeah. red. It has the little legs on it. It's like a little bre- breakfast in bed table, you know the Amazing. ones. And my god, uh, it just is a game changer. Because yeah. uh, I hate I hate sitting at a desk all, all the time. Mm. It winds me up. And um, I just I get I get more done because I can do it in bed <laughs> or on the sofa, yeah. <laughs> which is I guess uh, you know I guess that's kind of lazy. But um, no. you know, laptop in bed. Obviously, I'm not always working. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But it's cute as well. It's bright red and it has little wooden slats on. Whenever I put my thing on it, it's got room for a coffee, room for my laptop, nice. uh, and I can balance my work on there as well. Between that and my legs, and I do I do a weird amount of work in that in that format. Most of the stuff you see on my Instagram is going to be from that position. I'd okay, say. so I'm going to have that in my mind now. Every time a post comes up, with that just sort of that weird little setup that you yeah yeah yeah. That's me getting cozy. You know, winter's coming, man. So well, he's, we need to find ways to stay cozy and still be able to work. Yeah, that's a good idea, man. <laughs> Brilliant. Nice. Well, it's been a pleasure. It's been really, really good. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming down. Podcast. Yeah. Where can people find you on social media and check you out? Uh, 
on social media, it's at Alien, uh, which is A-I-L-E-Y-U-N. Uh, and sammayer.co.uk is my website. Wicked. There you go. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, as I said uh, at the start, it's a great episode. Um, I think we really developed the conversation uh, from the other episodes we've had and, and tackled some big topics as well. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, leave a like down below. A subscription would be great on YouTube. It's free, obviously. Um, and if you're new to YouTube, that is. If you don't know what a subscription on YouTube is, it's free. You get a notification. I don't, I don't know if you do anymore. You might get a notification if you hit the bell about all the videos, the uploads. Um, but yeah, anyway, it just lets YouTube know that you like the videos. So uh, iTunes as well, uh, amazing. If, if you're on there or Apple Podcasts or any audio podcast listening app, uh, like and review, that'd be amazing as well. If you can do on those, uh, share with a friend on social media, take a screenshot, share it on your stories. Uh, there's so many ways to help out the podcast. Uh, if you want to help out monetary-wise, there's Patreon. Um, that's down link down below um, and just reach out that's the main one uh, just reach out say hello uh, say that you like the episode or say you didn't like the episode give some feedback to me personally it'd be amazing uh, I'm always trying to develop the podcast and uh, if you've got any guest suggestions then please let me know um, also want to say a massive thank you to Tim Eastleith who, who shot this episode of the podcast and the YouTube version is, is really nice looking um, better than uh, a lot of the other episodes which was just recorded on my phone um, so yeah, thank you very much for Tim for, for taking the time out of his day to come and film that as well I'll leave links down to his stuff down below in the description where I want to take the podcast in 2020 as this is the last one recorded in 2019 um, so we're now on to the new episodes from starting next week is that I want to I want to make it more into uh, a bit more not just designers right to not just talking to the creatives I love talking to creatives but I want to develop it a bit more into other areas of the scene so talking to lawyers talking to copyright uh, copyright um, knowledgeable people um, talking to sort of financial people and how that impacts creatives and how uh, as freelancers or as independent designers or even just creatives who work in jobs how it can benefit from this advice that's not given out in other podcasts so that'll be coming next week um, from other areas of the creative scene uh, not just designers um, and illustrators as much as I love talking to them I, I really do and it's got me to this point where it's, it's built a great foundation for the podcast and there will be some especially from Hannah's episodes um, yeah I hope you enjoyed her episodes as well as coming a long end to this episode of the podcast but I hope you're enjoying Hannah's episodes as well uh, she's been amazing editing those and uploading them and uh, she's got some great feedback so far so she's going to continue doing her episodes and uh, yeah that's the end of the monologue so anyway hope you enjoyed the episodes of the podcast do Please help out, uh, share it around, and uh, see you next week for another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast.